Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org friendshipwithgod.org or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Well, praise the Lord. Thanks uh, thanks to everyone for this conference, especially for Gary for the conference on Jewish evangelism. What a great title for a conference. And especially with the thought of the Holocaust, which brings a, a needed sobriety to it all. Let's, uh, let's look to the Lord in prayer. Oh, Father, we come to you this morning as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Lord, we need your sight. We need your sight to see the disaster of your people, the Jewish people. Lord, we need your care. We need your care to care for your people, the, the Jewish people, Lord, and where they're going to spend eternity. Lord, we need your broken heart, Lord, to... to See them as lost. Lord, we need your, your, your boldness, your chutzpah boldness to do all we can to reach them before it's too late. Help us, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, now, let me, I'm going to ask you a question. As you know, the title this, this, uh, today is uh, uh, Jewish Evangelism, Why and How? And so let me just start off with that question. It's a question that, that, that they always ask too. Let me ask that question to you today. Why do we go to the Jewish people? I mean, why don't we just leave them alone? Hasn't it been long enough? I mean, after all, isn't that what they want us to do? Don't they want us just to leave them alone, just to, just to leave them there? I mean, here's what our people are saying. They say, and if you haven't heard this, you, you, you for sure would. They say, for thousands of years, you know, with the Pauls and the Crusaders and the Inquisitioners and the Martin Luthers, everyone's trying to convert us, they say. Everyone's trying to get us to just abandon our religion. Everyone's trying to get us to just stop being Jews. In your evangelism, it's just nothing more than an attempt to exterminate us as Jews. Like that lady told David Brickner when she met her on the street, the Holocaust survivor, and she said to him, you're just trying to finish the work that Hitler began. Cutting words. Terrible. So, you know... Why don't we just listen to them? That's what they want us to do. I mean, after all, what kind of people are we anyway? I mean, you're trying to convert me. And you're just, it's just a continuation of the Holocaust. I mean, I mean, for the sake of the Holocaust, stop trying to convert us. That's what they say. Isn't the message clear to us? They don't want our Christianity. They don't want our God. They don't want our religion. They don't want our Messiah. They want us to leave them alone. Like a dear 
uh, lost Israeli friend of mine one time. We were having dinner together, and I was pleading with him to come to the Lord Jesus Christ, and he just stopped and he glared at me. Didn't say a word. And what he did is he took his hand and he like drew a line across the table like he was making a wall. Israelis are very good at making walls. Just made this wall. And he just looked at me. He didn't have to say a word because the words came across. Look, you stay on your side and I'll stay on my side. Just respect my space. Now that's the message. Well, why don't we respect their space? Why don't we? It's a, like my, my a dear friend, an Orthodox Jewish friend, and after spending a day with him, presenting the beauty of the Lord Jesus Christ and how he's the remedy for their sins, he went home and after he told his wife, he wrote me a letter and said, we are infuriated at you because you made overtures to me. He said, overtures. Why do we make these overtures to their souls? I mean, after all, Christianity, as they call it, is a new religion, relatively new religion. They said, look, you know, Judaism is, is, is 2,000 years older. Why can't you respect our ancient religion? It makes me happy. I'm glad you're happy. I am happy. I am happy, they say. I'm on, on, on Shabbat. I'm happy. Our family dresses in white. We, we sing. We eat. We have a wonderful time. You don't do that. We just think it's just so wonderful to be Jewish. You're happy, I'm happy for you. Why don't you just leave us alone in our happiness? Why do you have to share your faith like you've got this bag of M&Ms and, and you know, and I don't like M&Ms. Quit trying to give me your M&Ms. Or like my cousin says, oh, don't start with the hell, the fire, the brimstone. Oh, Tommy, do we have to talk about Jesus again? Don't we have to talk? I know he died for my sins, Tommy. Why can't we just be friends? Why can't we be friends? I mean, don't we realize it's threatening our relationships with them to bring up such a subject? Well, that's the subject of today's talk. Jewish evangelism. Why and how? Why Jewish evangelism? It's because of what we know. Because of what we know. We know the reality of what is not seen. We know the reality of heaven and hell. Because we we heard when God spoke through Daniel, not Daniel alone, that was God speaking through Daniel in Daniel chapter 3, and when, when we read these words, this was like, this is not religion, this is reality. And many of them, Daniel wrote, with many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. You know, not like my, my, my grandfather, the Orthodox rabbi who established the only synagogue even today in Petersburg, Virginia. So what happened was, here he was a uh, hundred years ago, established the synagogue for the Jewish people there, had the, only, had the congregation of the Jewish people and he was in his, in, he was both the cantor and the rabbi, the cantor wasn't a hard job for him to get with his name. He's on his deathbed. Can you picture the scene? He's in his bedroom dying. And, the, and the, the, there's like a minion of men around him from the synagogue. And 
uh, a knock comes at the door. And so my grandmother goes, she answers the door, she comes into the bedroom, everybody is, yeah, so? She says, your friend, the Catholic priest, is at the door. She says, she says, you know, your friend, the Catholic priest, you know, as far as the minion of men, it might have, she might have well said Adolf Hitler's at the door. And so she says, he, he says, yeah, he says, he wants to come in. Why does he want to come in? Because he says he, he wants to sprinkle holy water on you and give you your last rites. This, all right, so, so, so here they are. Here's the minion of men. They're, they're saying that all the focus is on their spiritual leader, the rabbi, the cantor. He's lying there in bed. So take a stand. And you know what he said? Let him come in. Everybody's in shock. They all look at him like, what, what? Nobody says a word. He looks up to the men in the synagogue and he says, because when you're dead, you're dead. That's not true. That's not true at all. That's not what Daniel said. That's not what God taught through Daniel. It's not when you're dead, you're dead. When you're dead, you awake. That's just a temporary sleep. And so we know that's true. You know, when you look at Luke 16, there's an account there of a rich man. Now, we don't have to plug in the fact that he was a Jewish man because that's all he was talking to. And it says there, and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died. We could plug in the rich Jewish man also died and was buried. And in hell, it says, and in hell, he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and he and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the, the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest good, evil, good things and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now... He is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, there, between us and you, there's a great gulf fixed, so that they which pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee. This is the rich Jewish man that's in hell in torments. He said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou would send him to my father's house. He said, he, he, you know, He's a better evangelist than we are. He says, go, send him, send him, send him. He said, for I have five brethren that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. And Abraham saith unto him, they have Moses, and they have the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, nay, no, 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 no. He says, no, 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 Father Abraham, something more, he says. But if one went from the dead, he said, that would do it. I'm sure that would do it. If they one went, they would repent would turn around. And he said it to them, if they, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, he said, though one rose from the dead. Because we know not only the reality of heaven and hell, and we know that, but we know how to get to heaven. Remember what the Lord Jesus Christ said to the, the, the Gentile woman? He says, you worship, you know not what? We know. We know 
We know what? We know that when, when, when the terrible disaster of the death of the firstborn was going to occur in Egypt, that Moses says, listen up everyone, I'm going to give you explicit instructions. There's no deviation from this. You must. And he gave out God's plan of salvation. A lamb. A keeping of the lamb for three days. A, an inspection of the lamb. A killing of the lamb. A collection of the blood. A painting the door post and the lintel with the blood in the shape of a cross. And you, and he said, when you do this, God says, when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. Somebody could have said there and says, you know what? That's just too narrow. I mean, a little bit of tolerance, if you don't mind. I'm an Egyptian. Ah, we have the sun God. Didn't matter. I'm of a newer persuasion. I'll meditate my way through this calamity. Death in the home. There was a way. And Moses, and it says that when they also left Egypt, it says there was a great mixed multitudes. There were some Gentiles that said, we ain't no fool. Even the magicians said, Pharaoh, Pharaoh, don't you see? It's destroyed the land. There was one way. So was it any surprise that when the Lord Jesus Christ came as God in the flesh, after the flesh, that he came and he said, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No one, no one, no Reformed Jew, no conservative Jew, no Orthodox Jew, no Kabodnik, no nothing, no Jewish person, atheist or secular can come to the Father except by me. We know that. And so what does that cause us to do? In 2 Corinthians 3.12, it says, Seeing then that we have such hope. Paul says, such hope. What do we do? We use great plainness of speech. Not complicated, but very, very plain. As in crystal clear plain. Because we know this. We also know the essentiality of receiving him, not just as Messiah, but as God. That's absolutely essential. He said that in John 8, 24. He said, I said therefore unto you, you shall die in your sins, for if you believe not that I am, or that I am the I am, you shall die in your sins. You know the great thing about the centurion who came to him with the sick servant was a wonderful thing, and Rabbi Jesus didn't let that opportunity pass. Here he is teaching his, his Jewish uh, disciples, and here comes, whoa, this is, uh, you know, like, uh, like a Nazi, the centurion comes. And he, and he says, and when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion, beseeching him and saying, Lord, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. Man has a heart for a servant. Jesus said unto him, I'll come and heal him. The centurion answers, Lord. Second time he calls him Lord. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy that thou should come under my roof. But speak the word only. Oh, those words. Speak the word only? And my servant shall be healed. For I'm a man under authority, having soldiers unto me. I say to this man, go, he goeth. To that man, come, he cometh. To my servant, do this, and he doeth it. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled. One of the few times when it says Jesus marveled. You know what another time was? The unbelief of Capernaum. But he marveled at this point. And he said, soldier, stand there at attention. 
And then he turns, Rabbi Jesus turns to his, his, his Jewish disciples and, and he, he addresses them and he says, I have not found so great faith, great faith, no, not in Israel. And I say unto you, as a result of that, he said, and I say unto you that many shall come from the east and from the west. This man's representing the east and the west. And she'll sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom, he said, shall be cast. What a word is cast. You, know, you, take, you take a piece of paper you don't want anymore. You throw it as a, that's cast. That's my message, too. <laughs> All right. He said, cast. He says, cast into, into outer darkness. A darkness that could be felt when it came on Egypt. A darkness that had to be separated during creation week from the light. Outer darkness where there's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said to the centurion, now, finish teaching now, Rabbi Jesus, with your Jewish disciples here. Okay, soldier, at ease. Go home. He says, your servants go. What was so great about his faith? Speak the word only. What was he saying? I believe, Genesis 1-3, Vayomir Elohim, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. I believe that. He said, not only do I believe Genesis 1-3, I believe you're the one who said it. I believe that. You are the one who said, because you spoke the word only and there was light. And you speak the word only. And when he said that, the Lord Jesus Christ turned to his disciples and he said, I haven't found that kind of faith. The essentiality of seeing him for who he is, God. We know that. And we further know that time is short. Time is very, very short. We don't have much time left. Some dear friends uh, Avi and Tammy, they're uh, Israelis, and, uh, and uh, it's kind of interesting about uh, Tammy's father. His name was Simon Wasserman, and he was, um, he was born in, in, um, in uh, Berlin. To his, uh, his father was a shochet, like my grandfather was, and, and um, was, uh, uh, they had a, a nice life. They had a nice house. They were in Berlin, and anyway, and uh, so what happened? was that uh, Simon had uh, a brother and two sisters. So the sister marries this radical Zionist, and they move to Palestine. They move to just, you know, something like beatniks did or something like that. I mean, it's crazy. Swamps, malaria from Berlin. Anyway, so they went down there. Well, Simon became very interested in Adolf Hitler and started to read everything he could get that Adolf Hitler wrote. And he was reading Mein Kampf, and he comes to to the conclusion i got to get out of here. This is very bad. Bad things are going to happen for the Jewish people. So, in 1932, he applies, like his sister, go join his sister and brother-in-law down there in Israel to the British. And the British said, Jews? Ah, oh, no more Jews. We've got so many Jews here. No more Jews. They're just a big problem. They see here, they but, 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 we have a new technology down there of elevators. Now, if you're an elevator technician, that's a different story. So he goes and enrolls in the Berlin Technical Institute, gets his certificate to be an uh, elevator technician, applies again. They let him in. 
He comes into Israel there, he's together, and everything is wonderful. He meets Tammy's uh, mother on the beach of Tel Aviv, and, and what could be better? They're pioneers down there, and it's, it's so, so exciting. Everything's wonderful. Then he gets a letter. He gets, by the way, he left when Hitler became chancellor. He gets a letter, and it's from Berlin. Oh, wonderful for my family. This is in 1938. And he opens up the letter. It's not from his family. It's from his, his, his Gentile friend. Oh, he says, my dear Simon, he writes, my dear Simon, I have risen very high in the SS. I'm a very high-ranking Gestapo here in Berlin. And he says, and I'm holding in my hand a list of Jews to be murdered. And I see on this list your mother's name, your father's name, your sister's name, and your brother's name. And he writes to me, he says, because you're my dear friend, the second page of this letter is a two-week pass. With this pass, you can come into Germany. No one will touch you. You can come to Berlin. No one will touch you. You can go to your house. And you can take your mother and father and brother and sister out of here. You can save them. Okay. So now Simon goes and he shows his, his friends and his, his wife the letter. What do you think they said? You out of your mind? Do you even think about it? It says you want to walk right into the lion's mouth? So Simon, you get to border of Germany. They take your piece of paper away and you're in a cattle car that we heard about like everybody else. Then what, Simon? So he says, okay, I won't go. But then he's looking in the mirror. He can't stand it. He says to himself, should not one soul risk his life for four? And he says, I don't care what you say, I'm going. And so he went, and the pass worked. Nobody took the pass away. Nobody took him in cattle cars. He got into Germany. He went to Berlin. He got to his family's house. He got to his mother, his father, his brother and sister. We're all there after the little, a happy reunion. And he says, you got to go. Look at the letter. You're going to be murdered. You got to go. What do you think they said? Simon, we're Germans. Simon, this Hitler is temporary. It's gonna, it's gonna be, he's going to be gone. He said, we'll get through this. No, no, we're, this, is, this is a civilized country. Simon, death camps. Did you see them, Simon? Did you see the so-called extermination camps? Simon, don't talk anymore like that. Oh, your friend, who's the Gestapo? Simon, he's a thief. Look at our house here, Simon. Look at everything in it. He wants it all. He just wants us to leave so he could confiscate everything. So much for your friend. And for two weeks, he begs, he pleads, he cries, he does everything he can. And he left empty. And they were murdered. We, we know. What was it that caused Simon Wasserman to do that? Because he knew. Because he knew. The rich man, the rich Jewish man, that's in hell, and every Jewish person who's died without the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what? They know. It's too late. But they know. And we know, and it's not too late. A 
another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional verse. Now, Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org, or you can write Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711-330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. That's S-A-N-T-E-E, Santee, California, 92071. Or you can email Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. You're invited to join the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California for the second annual Taste of Creation Benefit Dinner and Silent Auction. It's Saturday, June 4th at 6.30 p.m. This benefit dinner is in support of the Life and Light Foundation Ministries of the Creation and Earth History Museum, Israel Restoration Ministries, and the Friendship with God Radio Ministry. Come experience a fantastic food-themed night at the Creation Museum, and we'll have great guest speakers with Friendship with God Bible teacher Tom Cantor and Dan Sered, director of Israel's Jews for Jesus. We'll have an amazing night of auction items, so if you would like to attend, or if you're a local business or person that would like to donate and sponsor with a product or service in support of the Creation Museum auction on Saturday, June 4th at 6.30 p.m., then call us with your support or to reserve a seat. 619-599-1104. 619-599-1104. Or creationsd.org. Creationsd.org.